listening to The Gender Rebels. I'm Kathleen, a cis woman and ally. And I'm Faith, a trans woman. Gender Rebels is a question and answer podcast that explores life outside the gender binary. A big thanks to our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash gender rebels. Hey, Faith, I got a question. Yeah? So coming out in a conservative environment, like a, a family or a work or a religious community, something like that, this environment that you're thinking might not be accepting of trans people. So that's super difficult. My question for you is what's your advice for people in this situation? Well, actually we have a special guest who's going to be able to provide some very good information. We on this do. Question. Yes. Who's our guest? Our guest is Brooke Guinan. She is actually the, first openly transgender firefighter for the FDNY, that's the fire department in New York, Mm -hmm. here in New York City, and she is the star or the subject of the new film, Woman on Fire, a documentary about her and her life and transition. Hi, Brooke. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for being on our show. We're so excited to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me. No pressure. Goodness, this is a a, a very uh, big topic. I hope I can help. (laughs) It is. It is. Well, there's, there's a lot of big questions. Mm-hmm. You know this. You're you're in the middle of it, too. We saw this excellent documentary, and we have a link down below for all of our listeners. Woman on Fire is about Brooke and, and your experience. We loved it. It's really, really good. We even have a link down below for we do. 50% off the download cost until yep. October 5th. Yeah. Oh, okay, oh. cool. Yeah, it's up for pre-order right now on iTunes, and okay. uh, I think it comes out on October 3rd. So, oh, um, so oh, feel free so to get exciting. it if you're interested. Yes, <laughs> Excellent. Yes. So, Brooke, tell us a little bit about who you are and how your journey in life has been so far. <laughs> okay. So, as was said, I am actually the first openly trans firefighter for the FDMY. I joined the fire department in 2008, and I came out as trans in 2010. Mm-hmm. So I've been openly trans in the fire department for um, like seven and a half years now, oh, which wow. Wow. is actually crazy to think about. It. I don't think I've actually done that math in a while. <laughs> I uh, I grew up on Long Island in a firefighter family. My grandfather was a firefighter and has been retired, I think, pretty much my entire life. And my father was promoted to an officer while I was very young. So uh, for most of my entire life, my dad has been a lieutenant in the fire department. He is actually still currently active. So we both serve in the fire department at the same time. Wow. Yeah, he is very committed to the fire department. He loves it. He considers them like his second family. Mm-hmm. He's had an amazing career. He's actually been with the fire department over 35 years. Wow. See, it's yeah. not that you're just from a firefighter family, but you're from a family of leaders at the fire department, yeah. which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, third generation. So yeah. for those of us, for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with the FDMY and with firefighting in general, mm-hmm. what's the FDMY like? What's kind of, <laughs> what, what's it like growing up in the FDMY, as you say? Yeah, so the fire department, it's a paramilitary organization, Mm -hmm. so a lot of it is, you know, sort of modeled after the the military Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, it's a uniformed workforce. There's a lot about training, there's a lot about tactics, a lot about protocol, because you're fighting fires, so everything does have to be very precise and, you know, safety and all Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So because of that, there's a very heavy focus on tradition. 
Mm-hmm. And and so that creates this environment where the the people who work together in firehouses, a firehouse, it's a single company. It has about 25 people on the roster in that firehouse and then four officers. And then if it's a double company, which a lot of houses are double houses, mm-hmm. then you have probably about 50 people on mm-hmm. the roster and then double. So it's doubled. So double the amount of officers and double the amount of firefighters. Mm-hmm. And so each firehouse sort of serves as, you know, it's a firehouse and it's treated very much as a house. Mm. So the people who work together are, there's this, there's this family attitude. Sure. Um, you know, we cook together, we clean together. We don't have people coming in to take care of the firehouse. We do it. Mm-hmm. So on top of all of our firematic training that we go through, on top of all of the calls that we respond to, medical mm-hmm. and emergency, we also are basically the ones taking care of the firehouse. So we clean the firehouse we cook all of our meals together, mm-hmm. you know, we go to the grocery store together and, and we choose our meals together. Mm-hmm. The firehouse very much functions as as a house, as a family of like people. Like a family, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it creates this environment which is both formal and informal, which can sometimes be a conflict. Ah. Um, but so I grew up in this environment where, you know, as a firefighter child, you a lot of times spend time in the firehouse. You know, mm-hmm. I would go to the firehouse for holiday parties. You would mm-hmm. get to know other firefighter kids, the spouses and all that sort of stuff. So it is a very tight knit environment, which can sometimes, as you can imagine, prove to be difficult when sure. when you're an outsider. When you're of, different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So then, yeah, so then that brings us kind of to our first question, like, you know, this environment that had a hard time with minorities and women and gay people. So this, you know, to come out to that environment, it's got to be very difficult. What's what's your advice to someone in that situation? So my advice, I guess, would be really do it on your own time. Do it as you are ready and do it how you are ready. I don't think that there really should be necessarily one way to do it. I think everyone's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so being out in the FDNY and gaining the sort of notoriety that I've gained from being the first openly trans person, mm-hmm. I've actually had the opportunity to meet other trans service people, other mm-hmm. trans uh-huh. people who served in the military, people who served in other fire departments and police mm-hmm. departments, sure. um, in other, you know, uniformed organizations. And so everyone sort of has a different approach. Some people just sort of go to work one day presenting mm-hmm. how they present and, wow, and really? sort of, <laughs> yeah, and just sort of let their coworkers know, like, hey, okay. Um, some people choose to write a letter to their coworkers Mm -hmm. and, you know, sort of do it that way, which is funny because that's how I came out to my family. I wrote Mm. my, I wrote my mother a letter and put it face down in front of her while she was on the phone. Oh my gosh. Was that, yeah, they go into your letter actually. Was that the letter that was in the movie? Yeah, the letter I wrote when I was like 11 or 12 to come out for the first time. You were a very articulate 12 or 11 year old. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. seriously. That part made me cry, you guys. When you Uh see the movie, it's the sweetest part. It's so adorable. And I'm gay and I love you. And it's It's funny because I didn't even remember the contents of the letter. And I didn't know that my mother kept it. Like oh I, I, until until it became a part of the movie, I was mm. like, "Oh my goodness, I don't know that you kept this." And she was like, "Yeah, oh. <laughs> that must have been so hard." Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I don't remember the contents of the letter, but I remember I remember writing it, and then I remember afterwards being in my bedroom with the door closed, just being like, 
holy shit, what did I do? Right. It's sitting down there and she's on the phone. Like, when is oh, she going to get off the phone? God, and oh, when God, is she yeah. going to read it? And what is she going to do? And, you know, I remember that whole. Yeah, yeah like, just sitting pressure. in your room dying. Yeah, I wrote, I remember I sent a letter to my sister, who was the first family member I came out as trans to. And I remember putting the letter in the little blue mailbox on the street corner. And then as soon as I went in, I was like, oh, crap, what did I just Oh, no. <laughs> you were like, I can't open it and take it out. That's it's so funny. Cool. What do I do? About mailboxes. Yeah. You can't get it right. back. So how did you how did you actually come out at the at the firehouse coming out in the firehouse i actually um i told one or two of my coworkers who okay. i had been really close with and they took it well um you know mm-hmm. they of course had questions but they took it well and they already and... knew you were gay right like there was yeah okay. yeah oh they gosh. already so i came out in the fire academy as gay okay. two comings um, out in the fire department oh my gosh yeah <laughs> yeah uh when i joined the fire department you know i think sort of knowing the kind mm-hmm. of you know paramilitary group-minded yeah attitude yeah. that i would be going into my parents said you know it's probably a good idea if you just keep it quiet like don't you know don't mm. come out just you know, just go with the flow. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And of course I am a super femme person. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I'm super femme in a lot of ways in my mannerisms. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really have to come out. (laughs) I, um, I was in the fire academy and I, became really good friends with this girl Jen and she stood next to me in the formation that we were in so we were like the same height because it's based on height so oh, okay. and we just became friends you know I think subconsciously I was like even though I didn't say anything to her I was like okay I'm sort of trans and I identify <sighs> in this way of like being you know at that time I identified sort of more as gender queer mm-hmm. so under the trans umbrella but I hadn't like at that time that I was in the fire academy, I hadn't done hormones. I hadn't decided to do hormones. I hadn't decided to solely identify as female. Sure. At that time, I was going by both my birth name and my chosen name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the time of my life where I was really seeking answers. But yeah. yeah. You know, but subconsciously, even without telling her, I think I was just like, you know what, you're you're a woman, and I'm surrounded by all of these dudes with shaved heads Uh and I kind of need something that's different to align with. Yeah. And uh, so we became friends. I think it was probably about three weeks into the fire Academy that she kind of approached me and she was like, Hey, so I just want to give you a heads up that the other guys in our squad have been asking me if you're gay. Mm. And I was like, Oh, Okay. And she was like, so she's like, I haven't said anything. She's like, you and I haven't had that discussion. I'm not about to, you know, and even if we do have that discussion, she's like, I'm not about to tell them anything. It's not her like, place. You know, yeah. <laughs> so she was like, but yeah. I just wanted you to have the information that like that this is happening just so yeah. you know. And I was like, okay. So I kind of made this decision to be like, all right, well, I'm just going to come out. If everyone assumes it anyway, then like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to be that person that's like, you know, everyone assumes it and everyone's like, are you? And you're just kind of evasive. Like, I had never been that in my life. I I got, I think I was in fifth grade when people started calling me gay. Oh, boy. And... You know, I have always been just kind of effeminate in my actions. Mm-hmm. And and so I, you know, I came out to my family when I was like 11 or 12 and came out as gay in, in school and publicly. And, and that was just sort of 
I, I was never the person who hid that, even though, mm-hmm. you know, looking back, that probably wasn't the label that I was looking for. And sure. I was very uncomfortable with it, but it was the closest thing that I knew to identify. Yeah, it with. was something. Yeah. yeah. It's tricky right. if you don't really know. It's, yeah, coming out trans is tricky. It's like, it's like, yeah. And we often don't have the language, like, right. societally. When you're, like, especially when you're a kid. Especially, yeah. 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 Well, so I was, it wasn't until college that I even figured out really what trans was completely. Wow. In high school, I started my GSA in my high school. Mm. And so every part of like the way I ran the group was I would find like a news article every meeting and Mm -hmm. we would just like we would talk about it and talk about like what was going on in the world for lgbt people at that time i didn't even know the word queer so it was just lgbt you know Um, and at that time like i think i i had no clue the difference between like trans people and drag queens and to me it was just like okay well there's like the sexuality thing and then there's like all this gender stuff, which I don't really get. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it wasn't until college that I started taking like gender studies courses and queer theory courses and that I really was sort of exposed to this whole world of like queer culture. I went into the fire academy a month after I graduated college. So I was still mm. very much in this exploratory figuring place it out trying to figure yeah. it out yeah. Exactly. so yeah so that's i came out in the fire academy and then i went to my firehouse and so they knew i was gay mm. because everyone knew i was gay you know <laughs> that sort of thing um that sort of thing goes around yes, yes. so they knew before i even got to the firehouse Ugh. that i was gay and it was in the like year and a half two years that i was at that firehouse that really my life just drastically changed you know mm. i um I think I was in this environment for the first time where I was an adult and I wasn't in college. I wasn't in this bubble of like thought and whatever. And I was actually living my life and yeah. I was trying to date for the first time really. And I was okay. trying to do all of these things, which just didn't seem to be working out well for mm-hmm. me. I just mm-hmm. kept finding a lot of discomfort in situations and yeah. trying to figure out why that was. And And I got to a point where I was just like, you know what, I I really think that in order for me to be comfortable and live my life, I need to identify as female. Mm -hmm. And I need to, you know, I need to, I need to sort of stop aligning myself with the, you know, with the chains of my birth and with the chains of everything that people had placed on me Mm -hmm. and, and create my own way in life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I came out um, as trans personally, but I was not comfortable coming out in my workplace at the time. Yeah, it's a whole other thing. Yeah. So there's actually an organization in the fire department called Fire Flag. They are a affinity organization mm. for LGBTQ people in the fire department. Mm-hmm. And so I had gotten involved with them when I decided to join the fire department before I even joined, really, okay. um, because I... I kind of thought, you know, it would be nice to, to be around other LGBT people in the fire department. Sure. And it was largely gay men. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of a couple of women who identified as, as lesbian mm-hmm. in the group. It was not a very large group. So when I decided to transition, I sort of, I went to them and I said, look, I'm going to do this thing and I don't know what to do. And I'm not really comfortable coming out to my coworkers. Right. And, um, 
So they suggested that I go to headquarters and I go offline. You know, I go out of the firehouse and I go to headquarters and I work in an offline position. Mm. They found this space for me where um, I could work in the recruitment unit. There's so many different opportunities to do different things in the fire department. You know, it's a huge, huge department. Mm. And so there are constantly people who take, you know, take six month details, take year details to, to go do recruitment, to go Mm -hmm. do community outreach, to go do all sorts of different things. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like, all right, I can do this thing. I can take a, take a detail and I can go offline and I can, you know, I can work in a place where people don't know me before and, Ah, and I can sort of just figure this out. So I went to the recruitment unit. I kind of loved doing it, doing Ah. that work, doing (laughs) recruitment work and doing diversity work. And Mm -hmm. I actually found that I could be pretty influential as an LGBTQ person because at that time, there wasn't really a lot of specifically LGBTQ recruitment Mm -hmm. sort of work being done. I found that I was really able to be useful and I I wound up in the recruitment unit for about two years. So like even after I transitioned, Mm -hmm. even after I found like a comfortable place, I still really was passionate about the work that I was doing. So I was there for about two years, Mm -hmm. and then I went back to a firehouse, not the one I was originally from, but I went to a different firehouse. Mm -hmm. And so that was easier, I think, because I finally knew who I was, and I was confident Mm -hmm. in who I was. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't sort of all the unsurety of the first time around. Yeah. And then when you went to that second firehouse, were you there as Brooke? Or was that still... Yep. Uh, yeah, I okay. was there as Brooke. Okay. Nice. Wow. I, had, nice. I had legally changed my name by that time. I had been on hormones for a couple of years. You know, so I was very confident in who I was okay. then. Great. So it's similar to, you know, a lot of people will just change jobs and then be present as themselves at the new job and they don't have to go through any of the weird conversations. So this right. is sort of a new place to, to just sort of start over. Oh, yeah, I sort of, I sort of, the way I did it, I sort of evaded that whole like mm-hmm. coming out to your coworkers, I guess, process because mm-hmm. I, you know, I found sort of a different place to be while I was transitioning. Sure. And mm-hmm. then, and then I, when I went back, it was just, you know, again, word travels, you know, mm-hmm. people yeah, talk. So, so people knew who I was when I went back to the second firehouse. I didn't really have to come out. Mm-hmm. out. Okay. Nice. So what about the process of transitioning surprised you? Like what was easier than you expected? And maybe what was like way more difficult than you ever imagined. You know, I think a lot of people, especially outside the queer community, I think a lot of people, but even inside probably, people who are are maybe not on that gender spectrum part mm. of it, they're maybe the LGB instead of the T, who think the transition is just like, it's like, oh, well, it happens overnight, right? Like, you know, <laughs> like a Tuesday at 10 a.m. I decided and like, and that was it. Everything after that was like, that was my transition. And, yeah, you, know. you get a sex change operation one day and <laughs> right. you're set, right? It's right, starting. exactly. But it's such a, like, it's such a, you know, there's so many parts to the process and not everything applies to everyone. And mm-hmm. So my process is kind of, I guess, still going, you know, I guess yeah. I'm still sort of in transition, even though I've been out for seven and a half years. And I, you know, I've been, you know, it's been seven and a half years since I guess I really started the medical part of my transition mm-hmm. and fully identified as Brooke, like yeah. full time. So, you know, I've I've legally changed my name. I have I have had some uh I've been on hormones. I you know, I've psychotherapy has been mm. a huge part of of my transition. Just yeah. having someone to talk to and, you know, to to just 
get everything out with has sure. been amazingly helpful. And so it's it's been a transition, definitely. Yeah. The hardest part for me has always been the decisions, you know, mm-hmm. like deciding to go on hormones yes. was a huge, huge decision. And it took me months and it was like so much going back and forth and, you know, putting, I, I'm, I'm the type of person who like, when I have a headache, I'm like, no, I don't need the Advil. Like, yeah. my, body, <laughs> my body can deal with this. Like it's made yeah. to deal with this, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It'll go away so, eventually. It'll fix itself. I don't need to do anything. <laughs> exactly. Like it'll make me stronger. Maybe next time I'll <laughs> know how to deal with it. Yeah. So. I like so for me to be to be on this regimen where I was going to be taking pills or injecting myself regularly with yeah. something was like it was a huge decision and it was like is it going to change me is it going to you know it'll change my body chemistry is it going to change who I am as a person right you know will I still be me mm-hmm. so like and then you know of course decision to have surgery I before having before having the surgeries that I've had I had never like been in a hospital to have oh, surgery wow. I, I've never broken a bone that was a huge thing for me too like yeah. I, yeah. Know, I've, I've never That's... had surgery I'm terrified of it like mm-hmm. I... and just just decide to jump in because this is this is what's got to happen and I'm yeah. signing up yeah. for it it's not even so... like a doctor saying well now it's time for you to get your gallbladder out or something right I'm, I'm walking in there on my own on my own accord yeah so right. what, was, what about coming out at the ftmy was like easier than you expected um easier so mm-hmm. i think the, the easiest part is probably that there's a place for everyone in the fire department you know mm-hmm. so i was kind of worried like what am i gonna do like what you know like what is my life gonna be like in the fire department and and i feel like i found this place in the fire department which is really amazing so so i went back to the firehouse after i transitioned and i served in my firehouse that i went to there for three three years i think three three and a half years and um and then during that time i had gone every june i would go offline again to sort of manage the pride schedule for the department Uh, yes and so one year I went offline to do that and, and they were completely revamping the community affairs unit at that mm. time. Mm-hmm. And they were instituting positions for like community leaders, sort of community outreach positions. Mm. And so they were instituting for the first time ever, they were going to have a women's outreach coordinator, mm. a Hispanic outreach coordinator, Asian outreach coordinator, um, black outreach coordinator. And they wanted to do an LGBTQ outreach coordinator, but they had no clue. Like they basically, basically, they came to me and they were like, "So we want to do this, but if you say no, we really don't know who else to go to." <laughs> and so I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Well, I'll, I'll do it." And yeah. so, and so I became the LGBTQ outreach coordinator for the department, and I have been doing that now for two years, I think. Okay. Nice. And so that's been really my sole, like, primary focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's been amazing to to sort of go from just recruiting heavily during pride season Mm -hmm. and like there were like a couple of other events throughout the year that we did Mm -hmm. and I've been able to really find this place where the department really supports the expansion of this outreach that 
that I think is super important and influential. Mm -hmm. So we now, we do things like youth mentorship, going to high schools around the city, just talking to GSAs and LGBTQ youth, Mm -hmm. and not even even about, like, joining the fire department. Like, yeah, of course, there's questions about what it's like, and I can talk about that, and I can say, you know, that the benefits of being in the department are really amazing. The medical benefits specifically as a trans Mm -hmm. person have been have been amazing at awesome. lifting like this huge weight off of my shoulders sure. I don't have to worry uh-huh. about that yeah it's not cheap <laughs> yeah but to, to just get to talk to lgbtq youth and to let them know that you know there are places for them in the world and mm-hmm. you know and that sort of my motto i guess that i always go out there and tell people is like don't be limited by what other people tell you is possible for you sure find what you believe in and mm-hmm. make that a possibility yeah, yeah. Because, you know, because growing up, no one ever thought I could be a firefighter. Like, you know, when, mm-hmm. when I started presenting as sort of effeminate and, and then later came out um, mm-hmm. for the first time as gay, mm-hmm. people just stopped, like, thinking that I was going to be a firefighter. You know, I was... I was born and it was, you know, in the in the movie, there's um there's this moment where my mom said, you know, the big joke was like, how many kids do you have? And, and my mother was like, well, until we get a boy, you know, yes, we yes. got a, we got to continue the name. We got to continue mm-hmm. the, you know, we got to continue the fire department generation stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And so surprise. like I was born to be this person. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I wasn't that cookie cutter person, it was like the expectations just fell away. Sure. Uh-huh. Sure. Which then you get to do your own thing, which surprised me. Yeah. That, that was surprised great. You are still the fire. <laughs> You're like, you know what? I'm just going to do this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of the hard part too. You yeah. know, I think there was a part of me that was, you know, I was, I was uh, 21 years old, graduating college. I was in this place where I didn't know who I was mm. and I felt like I was letting everyone in my life down. You know, mm. it was like I was graduating college and I, I had no job prospect. I didn't know what I was going to do, how I was going to support myself. Yeah. You know, it was like, okay, I'm moving back home. And and it was like, I I identify as genderqueer. Like, I knew that my parents had some issues with it, mm-hmm. with me presenting sort of in an androgynous way and, mm-hmm. like, you know, looking boy but wearing makeup and nail polish and, you know, every now and then maybe a halter top or a, <laughs> a dress or something. Sure, yeah. Um, and I knew that that was difficult for them and it was difficult for me. And I think on some like subconscious level joining the fire department served in two ways like one it was a rebellious thing to do hmm. because no one expected it of me <laughs> and no one thought I could do it and so I was yeah. in this really rebellious moment in my life where I was like searching I was like screw the world I'm gonna That's figure it. out who I am and I'm gonna be who I want hmm. and then I think there was also this level of it where it was it was both rebellious and playing it as safe as I possibly could at the same oh, time sure. if that yeah. makes any sense uh-huh. you know yeah you know, because it was like, it was this environment where it was, I was like, you know what, this is going to provide me structure for my mm-hmm. gender. Like, if I'm a boy, this will prove it, you know? <laughs> it wound up doing the exact opposite and sure, proving to course, me that I was yeah. so not a boy. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was it was and sort of both doing the it, safest. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you don't have to be a boy to be a firefighter, exactly. which I learned. <laughs> exactly. So we, we saw some parts in the movie uh, where they talked about, you know, your experience just being gay at, as, at the fire department and mm-hmm. how there was a, a house where it was sort of tough. And you are still at FDNY. You 
clearly feel some loyalty to them. You remain there despite the, some of the difficulties you've been through. So the question is, when things were tough at that bad firehouse, how did you get through? What's your advice to someone in a similar situation, like a work or school or home environment where they're not supportive? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, another thing that I said on in a different interview, which was in the movie, is that, you know, the fire department's not a utopia. Yeah. So, like, since coming out and since, like, sort of the notoriety of being the first trans person, mm-hmm. people always ask, they're like, so what is the fire department like? You know, and it's like, <laughs> well, the fire department is the real world. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's a paramilitary organization. So it's more focused on tradition and probably a little bit more conservative than some other places. Sure. But it's the real world. You know, mm-hmm. you have people who are going to support you. You have people who are, who are going to disagree with you completely, mm-hmm. you know, but it's the real world. And so, I don't know the you know, the first firehouse that I was in was difficult, I think, in large part because I was so unsure of myself. Uh It was sort of like being an easy target. And I think even when people were not being malicious, Mm. but simply just like joking around in the work environment, you know, I think I took that so to heart because because I was so vulnerable. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the first firehouse that I was in, it was just a really, you know, it was just really not a great place for me mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, there mm-hmm. was, um, it is a very joking environment. And so there was like, there was one like event that we had. It was, uh, I think it was a holiday party. And, you know, they, they sort of like did this thing where it was like a superlative thing. They gave out oh, like these little oh, silly, gosh. silly trophies to like yeah. different people, just like, you know, most blah, 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 most blah, blah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we had had a, uh, we had had a company softball game a couple of weeks before, and I am so not a sports person. <laughs> and, um, and so they, they gave me the award for like most balls handled in a single game. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was just, so it was just, it was kind of like, you know, but I, like, I don't necessarily think that it was malicious. I think sure. that they were probably just being jokey and joking around or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and there were there were references to like Boy George sometimes and blah blah whatever. And, and, in, uh, and in that case, is it a matter mm-hmm. of just finding allies or getting the hell out or I mean how Yeah, do you get through I mean it? I definitely I definitely did have allies in the firehouse. There were people who were supportive. There were people who I think sort of noticed sometimes when I looked a little frayed at the edges <laughs> and would like pull me aside and be like, hey you're okay and mm-hmm. it would be like no like it was okay yeah and a couple of the people who I eventually came out to as as trans mm-hmm. were really supportive and you know there's sort of even in the workplace there's sort of clicks and of so yeah. there's people that are sort of even in the workplace people that are just don't make it into that like you know that main mm-hmm. click mm-hmm. and so a lot of my colleagues that were also not in like that main click sort of deal not like sort of the the superstars at work and not even based on work performance but just because they didn't fit in with the crowd the popularity contest yeah (laughs) yeah and so those people i think were were a lot of times very supportive of me because they they knew what it was like to be the outsider in in the workplace Mm -hmm. in a in a different way and so i just just focused on those people that i was friends with i focused on my life outside of work a lot Mm -hmm. and really just trying to figure out what what was comfortable for me and uh, and you know the the fire flag the affinity group that i was talking about you know just I think for me, what really worked was like finding places where Mm -hmm. I felt like I actually did fit and finding people that were supportive. And then, you know, honestly, 
honestly, it was not a good time. That's, you know, that's sort of, that's around the time that I started psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. It's around the time, you know, that I left that firehouse sure. to go somewhere else to transition. And it, I think that was kind of just accumulation of like being in that firehouse for so long, you know, so there were, there were many times I would just like go into the restroom and shut the door and like lock the door and just like sit there for five, 10 minutes and just be like, okay, like just breathe and just, yeah. it's okay. You can do it. And like, you know, and so it was difficult. And so Aww. I'm not really, I, I'm not really sure what I can tell people about being in that workplace because a lot of times, you know, we do things because we need the paycheck and we sure. need, you know, we need, we need the security and we need all that stuff in our mm-hmm. life. So for me, I, it was about that balance of like when I wasn't working, mm-hmm really finding the places that were uplifting and supportive and people that were great to sort of counterbalance that Mm -hmm. and therapy to get to to get it out yeah yeah no that that Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense definitely yeah i like i would like to know if you have any funny stories from the firefighting days or the recruitment days oh my goodness funny stories i mean there's so many stories i just like I don't know about funny stories, but I like there's just so many touching stories. Like I remember I uh, I got involved with this organization called Live Out Loud, which mm-hmm. is a really great organization that works a lot with LGBTQ youth. And one of the things they do is they have this youth mentorship model, which is all about going to high schools with GSAs and mm-hmm. presenting a role model to a GSA. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was able to serve as a role model for them a bunch of times. And the first high school I went to was in New Jersey. I went to this high school and it wasn't a super, super large group. And I remember going there and telling my story and, you know, sort of letting them know who I was. And and we went around the room and everyone, you know, sort of did their, their name and their, their pronouns. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think there was like an icebreaker and we went around the room and there were like three or four people who identified as trans oh. and said, you know, this wow. is my pronoun or I use they, them pronouns. Mm-hmm. And so after it was over, I, uh, I was talking to the the organizer, the person who, you know, mm-hmm. scheduled me to be there. And I said, right. you know, I said, I thought that you had told me before we went there was, like, one trans student there that you really wanted me to go and sort of, like, be there for. Right. And they were like, well, honestly, before today, we didn't <laughs> have one trans, like, student. They were like, nice. we had three people today come out as trans that had wow. never identified that way before. And I was like, oh, wow. And they were like, so we're really glad you came today. Like, yeah. Because, like, it provided these kids an opportunity to, mm-hmm. I guess, get something off their chest or to just, like, you know, to to express something that they hadn't sure. felt comfortable doing before. Yeah. And and That's so that awesome. was, um, yeah, like, I mean, I, I think, I don't know about funny stories, but I have right. so many stories just from being able to do the work that I do in in my community mm-hmm. that like I have so many touching stories like another one I re- remember being at the LGBT Expo mm-hmm. and uh, at the Jacob Javits Center and yeah. this was not super long I guess after the Village Voice had done a um, like a biopic little piece on me mm. and um, and I remember being you know there with the fire department for recruitment and and um, an outreach and this woman came up to me mm-hmm. And she said, you know, she said, I, I just have to let you know that, um, you know, that my kid came out to me as trans mm. and, um, and we used 
the Village Voice article as a way to connect. Like, we read it together. Oh, my God. And we talked together about, you know, because the Village Voice article was also very much about Mm -hmm. the generational thing and my my family. and, and, um, And she said, you know, and she said, so you're openness really helped me to be able to connect with my my daughter Mm -hmm. and so um and then later on um her daughter came by and um then they you know they both said hello and like and it was just like all of these amazing moments but to have these amazing moments to be able to experience these things and touch these people in ways that like you know it's just I like I I don't I don't have words for it. Yeah. You know, it's just um it gives me so much joy. Cool. All right, we want we have a couple more questions. Are we what, trying to get it in? What we, I, I also okay, want to talk fine. about the movie just a little okay, bit. Yeah, I loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want our listeners to know how great this movie was. How I really loved it. I thought it was very mm-hmm. sweet. I love that your parents were in it, and I feel like you know I I thought about it after. I'm like I feel like that might be rated PG or if if it has a rating, like this could be good for kids to see. It was a very sweet and positive message, but it didn't shy away from, you know, talking about hormones, yeah. talking about surgery, things like that. Your parents having some difficulties, it didn't mm-hmm. shy away from that. I love that. I already said that your letter to your mom made me oh, cry. Yes. <laughs> and your yeah. your friend? Yes. Yeah, her name is Serena. Serena, okay. we love She's her. Awesome. She is yeah. great. Of course, I love all the the firefighter stuff mm-hmm. and seeing the fire truck. You know, even the nine eleven stuff was, was really interesting and important to see. Uh-huh. You looked gorgeous. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> Thank you. you. Did, and your oh wedding, god. your wedding was. Oh my god! We, that we're was not just... spoiling things. You look for... like a yeah. princess. You yeah. look so amazing. <laughs> Thank your hair, you. your hair was perfect. It was. Yeah, it was and when I was still watching... my my favorite day in my oh. entire life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So great. I, we were watching like the the talking head parts, some of the the ones where you're being interviewed, and I'm like, "Damn, I got to get my blush game up yeah. to that." You look so. Good. <laughs> I, I thought the same thing about fingernails. So I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, my nails are." <laughs> Julie is really an amazing filmmaker. She <laughs> she knows where that light is, how to ah. make you look good, where to shoot you from. It's, oh, nice. Uh, you know. Then, then you I need got her. I need filmmaker. her just to like. Be in charge of my Follow life. you around. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the rating would be. I don't know if we. I don't think you have a rating. Might be just a documentary. Yeah. yeah. But um, Julie and I kind of talked about what the story is. So you know, yeah. like what is what is what is this about? Mm-hmm. And it really broke down into three parts. And I think the largest part was honestly the story of a family. Mm-hmm. coming to terms with with change mm-hmm. and you know it was it was change from a divorce change from you know the traumas that my dad went through change yeah. from how that affected mm-hmm. their relationship and then you know and then also my transitioning my coming out a whole bunch of different times mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know just this story of this family changing and becoming mm-hmm. different people and still loving each other and supporting each That's, other and a going through loving family. Times. yeah 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 I'm so very, very fortunate to have the family that I have. Oh, also, we love your husband. He's a total goofball. Yeah. And we're Thank you. We're I love him, him, too. <laughs> okay, well, we have taken so much more of your time yes. than we thought we would. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Brooke. This has been mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, yeah. We love, love talking We really you. appreciate you taking the time to do this. I mean, you're... Thank you. Thank you for, thank uh, you for having me. Thank mm-hmm. you for talking up the film. Oh, yes. Of course. Thank yes. you for putting out... 
you know, all those various fires and helping people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Very nice. So, uh, listeners, there are links down below for the uh, the preview for the movie and also to the movie itself. The film is great. It is amazing. Yeah. I highly recommend it. And, and Brooke, it's it been a blast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So much fun. Thanks so, so very much for having yes. me. So, yeah. So, everyone, please check out this documentary. It's it's really worth a watch. It's It's funny and heartfelt and just... So insightful. Lots of shiny fire trucks, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, cool. Thank you so much, Brooke. All right. Take care. Okay, bye. 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 If you've enjoyed this episode and want to help us keep making more great content, go to patreon.com forward slash gender rebels. We have many different levels of support and lots of great rewards, including drinks with the gender rebels at Stonewall. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes. That makes it easier for other people to find us. And send your questions to questions at genderrebels.com or find us on Twitter at The Gender Rebels. Music for The Gender Rebels is by Jasper the Colossal. Follow the link down below or download them on iTunes today. And for all our episodes, visit genderrebels.com. The Gender Rebels is a comeback sync production copyright 2017, all rights reserved. And to all you gender rebels out there, keep rebelling. Bye. Bye.